Welcome to Word to the Mother, a retrospective on 90s R&B and hip-hop. Here's your host, your girl, Charlie D. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Charlie D. Today's episode, we're talking about one of the best solo female artists to come out of the 90s. She sang one half of the hot duet, The Boy Is Mine, with singer Brandy. She is the youngest person to have two consecutive hits on the Billboard Top R&B singles and also the first artist to top the U.S. Billboard Hot R&B and Hip Hop Songs chart for three consecutive decades, the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. Today's artist is singer Monica. It's just one of them days when I want to be all alone. It's just one of them days when I got to be all alone. It's just one of them days. Since her debut album, Miss Thang, was released in July 1995, let's revisit and see what else came out during that time. On July 18th, the late singer, the beautiful Selena, became the first Hispanic singer to have an album debut and peak at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. She also became the first and only female singer to place five albums simultaneously on the Billboard 200 chart. She very tragically was killed in March of the same year. I remember hearing about her right before her death and how she was slated to become like the Latina Madonna and take over the U.S. Such a shocking and sad death. On July 3rd, the members of TLC filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, declaring debts of over $3.5 million. We all know how that went. Thankfully, they continued on with better management and better deals and did finally make some money. Other albums released in July 1995 include D'Angelo Brown Sugar. Oh, yeah. I had that CD and wore it out. D'Angelo was my bookie. Uh, of course, Selena's Dreaming of You, as mentioned before. Shaggy's Boombastic. I'm not, I'm not even going to try to do that accent. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um, Bone Thugs and Harmony, E 1999 Eternal. This was their second album, which featured the song The Crossroads. And I'm gonna miss everybody, and I'm gonna miss everybody, and I miss my Uncle Charles, y'all. It was hot, I remember that. Let's see, some top songs on the Billboard in July 1995 include Waterfalls by TLC, um, obviously. One More Chance by Biggie, Notorious B.I.G. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Water Runs Dry by Boys to Men. In case you missed it, see my episode on them a couple episodes ago. You ain't listened to it? Okay. You're All That I Need to Get By by Method Man with Mary J. Blige. Um, yeah. Because of that song and for a brief period, I thought I wanted me a thug boyfriend just so I could sit around and be all that he needed to get by or something like that. Or, you know, just Method Man. <laughs> Which, while we're on the subject, have y'all seen Mr. Meth right now? Damn! <laughs> uh, another hot song was Freak Like Me by Adina Howard. For some strange reason, this song pops up my head at the oddest times. Particularly if I style my hair kind of 90s. I automatically hear, I can be a freak until the day, until the dawn. Okay, I messed it up. So we can pump, pump. Okay, um, this is how we do it. Mm, 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 mm. 
This is how we do it. Montel Jordan. Okay, this is why I do a 90s podcast, seriously, because you cannot tell me that this decade did not bring us a ton of hits. Who wasn't rocking this with his tall behind? Yes, I said it. Um, Remember John B? Someone to Love? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that came out too, July 1995. Same comment as the last. Also, let's see, some movies that were released in July 1995 include one of my all-time 90s favorites, Clueless. Yes, I remember I didn't see this um, in the theater, but it was coming on cable and I had to work. So I set my VCR to tape it. VCRs, yeah. <laughs> um, when I played it back, seriously, in just the, the, the first two minutes, I was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to love this. It was an instant classic for me. The other movie um, that came out in July 1995 that I recall couldn't be any more different. It was a completely different depiction of teen youth, and that was the Larry Clark movie called Kids. I remember hearing about it and how Rosario Dawson was cast when someone walked past her stoop or something like that and just like asked her to be in a movie. And I was like, who, what, where, how come that doesn't happen to people like me? Anyway, I rented this and I watched it alone and I was shocked as hell. I had never seen teens depicted so brutally raw like this before. Like the girls in the movie spoke like girls I knew in my hood at my school. Um, Like I could have known them. It was a sad and troubling movie, but it was worth the watch. It was very different. Monica Denise Arnold was born on October 24th, 1980 in Atlanta, Georgia to mom Marilyn Best and father Billy Arnold Jr. She has a younger brother named Montez and is also the cousin to a record producer named, and I could get this wrong, Paolo Dodon or Polo Dodon. Um, She's also related to rapper Ludacris. At a young age, her parents did divorce and her mom did remarry. Also at a young age, and no surprise here, she began singing, following in her mom's footsteps, performing at the Jones Hill Chapel United Methodist Church in Noonan, Georgia. She quickly realized that singing was what she loved and began to practice to better her budding skill and by entering local talent shows. During her childhood, she ended up winning over 20 singing competitions. At the age of 10 years old, she was the youngest member of the 12-person traveling gospel choir that she sang with. She went on to attend North Clayton High School with rapper 2 Chains. Okay, can I just add in how much talent seems to be floating around in Atlanta? Like, damn! It was a talent competition in 1991 singing the Whitney Houston song, Greatest Love of All, that Monica caught the attention of music producer Dallas Austin. Immediately following the talent contest, Monica had to leave for the day because it was the day before her mom's wedding. 
Dallas Austin had to actually hunt her down to find her to arrange to meet with her. After meeting her and hearing her goals and seeing for himself what a, what a mature young lady she was, he wanted to sign her on his own label, Rowdy Records, which was distributed by Arista Records. Monica was 12 years old at the time. Soon after, she and a group of producers were in the studio working out her initial sound. I get into this talent show and I perform and we actually win. But because of how important the days were leading up to my mom's wedding, we left early. So Dallas had Kevin Wells, who is a known A&R. He's actually from the same side of town as me, Southside. And Kevin Wells found me. He got in touch with some high school friends of Melinda's somewhere in a barbershop off Old National. From what I recall, they actually paged Melinda. We were still using beepers. He asked us to come by. He explained why he wanted to meet, and the rest was really history. And I think our greatest connection was that we are both Southside born and bred. Dallas took his budding new artist under his wing and would often pick her up after school to then take her straight to the recording studio and work on music throughout the evenings. He also had Queen Latifah's flavor unit to consult with and that team became her initial management. Monica recounts how it was Dallas that gave her the nickname Miss Thang because of her sassy and often opinionated attitude while making songs, but not in a snobby way, but in a confident way. She may have been young, but she was vocal about the types of songs and lyrics she wanted to sing and stand behind. Dallas allowed her to be herself and the nickname stuck, which also became the title of her debut album. So when I walked in with Dallas and the first time he gave me a song and it said something that I didn't agree with, it was saying something about like not being able to live without the guy or whatever. And I was like, I wouldn't even say that. Uh, back then, <laughs> my accent's heavy. I'm young. If I thought it, I said it. And he said, oh, Lord, Miss Thing. And that became like the, the theme of whenever I would come around, they would say, here come Miss Thing. Who asked Miss Thing, does she like this one? But they never uh, tried to stop me from being me. And when he said, nah, the name of this album should be Miss Thing, shortly after he brought me in, and he was actually playing the guitar. You know, he played all the instruments, which is something you don't see a lot of people do now. He was playing all the instruments. And so, you know, he's got a blunt hanging out of one side and he's strumming on the guitar and he's humming it. Miss Thing. And so it became the title of the album. It is a name that stuck with me for a very long time. and. At, even though it started off as a joke, like, man, Miss Thang gonna do what she wanna do. Ooh, here come Miss Thang. Lord, Miss Thang, you like this song? It started off as kind of a joke, but it was really him saying that, okay, we see you, Miss Lady. We respect that you know who you are and what you wanna do at such a young age. And he fought in boardrooms for me to do that for the first two albums. So that was the birth of Miss Thang. It was in July 1995 when Miss Thing was released, reaching number 36 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and number 7 on the top R&B albums. It produced four top singles, including Don't Take It Personal, Just One of Them Days, Why I Love You So Much, Like This and Like That, and Before You Walk Out of My Life. Okay, yes, I do remember when Monica dropped on the scene because just like when the late and great Aaliyah did, I had the same thought. Um, who is this? But Monica came out the gate so grown and so mature and sassy straight out. I was like, um, what? I heard Don't Take It Personal first as I think it was her first single and it immediately caught my attention. I mean, I knew she was young, but her voice was so grown and mature and she was hitting them grown ass runs. I was all in. I also remember she had one of those really short pixie cuts, which also made her look so much older and much more mature. She was a cutie and her album passed my three song rule and I bought her CD. I think it was a song before you walk out of my life that got me. Y'all want to tell you that was my song. Probably my number one fave from her. I taped it off the radio one day and I just kept rewinding it and playing it back over and over trying to emulate her runs. I didn't come close. 
I was just captivated by her sound. out before you walk out of my life was recorded by tony braxton but never included on her second album secrets monica was very hands-on during the recording process making sure that the songs reflected who she really was so she turned down quite a few songs she felt were not a great fit it was the singles like this and like that and don't take it personal that made her at 14 the youngest artist to have two consecutive number one hits Another song from this album that I need to mention because it was not released as a single, but it was hot as hell then and still now, is a duet she did with Usher called Let's Straighten It Out. I love the soulful sultriness of it. Monica crooned on this one like she was grown with things on her mind, like she'd been here before. forget why I love you so much because this song was like always on the radio. I particularly love the bridge on this one.
Critically, the album Miss Thing did well. The Los Angeles Times wrote that, quote, 14-year-old Monica is the best teen singer to come along since, well, Brandy. While Don't Take It Personal, an urban radio staple only hints at her abilities, she tackles Lattimore's old-school classic, Let's Straighten It Out, with all the clear-eyed assertiveness of an R&B veteran, end quote. Chris Horde of the Rolling Stone called Miss Thing, quote, an assured streetwise amalgam of soul, pop, hip-hop, and blues, end quote. While he found praise for the up-tempo songs in the album, Horde was, quote, less impressed with the record's many sappy ballads, such as Before You Walk Out of My Life. Um, he can kick rocks with that last comment, talking about my song? No, we're not. By the end of 95 and 96, Billboard ranked the album at 66 and 22 of the top R&B albums of the year, and Miss Thing would then go on to sell triple platinum. Monica became very busy. In 1996, she did a duet with Tretch from Naughty by Nature for the soundtrack to The Naughty Professor on a track called Ain't Nobody. Okay, I did forget about this one, but now I remember it. Then after her label changed to Arista Records, her profile was amplified when she recorded the song For You I Will for the Space Jam soundtrack in 1996, becoming a number four hit. Striking while hot, it was time to go back in the studio to work on her follow-up album, which would eventually become The Boy Is Mine. For this album, Monica took more creative control and worked with various producers, including Daryl Simmons, Jermaine Dupree, David Foster, and Rodney Jerkins. Dark Child Now Nah, you know what I'm talking about. The album released five singles, including the title track, a duet with singer Brandy, The First Night, Angel of Mine, Inside and Street Symphony. The album was released in July 1998. First, The Boy Is Mine. Riding off the wave of rumors that Monica and Brandy had an ongoing beef, they decided to team up to record this song, which would then naturally become one of their biggest hits that summer and also that year, spending 13 weeks at the top of the charts. through with this come through honey this song earned both ladies a very well-deserved grammy award for best r&b performance by a duo or group with vocal 
But did you know the song also remains as one of the top 20 most successful American singles in history based on Billboard charts success? Okay, if you don't know, now you know. Okay, I just found out too. So the next single was my favorite song and video from the album, and that is The First Night. First off, Monica was dancing. This had choreo, y'all. And just like with the Boy Is Mine video, she just grown up so much now with the long hair and the long dresses and more mature styling. She just looked beautiful in both videos, but I think the thing I loved besides the tight vocals was the Diana Ross Love Hangover sample. Yes, so fun. The next single was Angel of Mine, which was a cover song from the band Eternal, which I never knew. The co-writer for the song, Trayvon Potts, stated of Monica's rendition that, quote, Rodney Jerkins did an incredible job on the production and then Monica's interpretation vocally was incredible as well. She is such a big voice for someone so young, end quote. Monica herself said about the song that it was about having a friend that she falls in love with which being human is very easy to do. Now, I need to mention another track off the album that was not released, but I honestly feel like it should have been because it was much stronger to me than Street Symphony or Inside, no hate. And that is Misty Blue, a cover of the 1976 single by Dorothy Moore. Y'all, if you have not heard it, it is just simply gorgeous. Please check this out. just enchanting. I'm guessing this retro sound was not in line with the sound of her other songs, 
But this one is a personal fave of mine. I mentioned it in another episode that Boys to Men also covered it. The album The Boy Is Mine also was received positively by critics and went on to do triple platinum. Go girl. The album debuted at number eight on Billboard and at number two on the top R&B albums. Monica was now being compared to artists such as Mary J. Blige and Toni Braxton with her sultry vocals. In 97-98, she also made cameo appearances on the TV shows Beverly Hills 90210 and Living Single. In 2000, Monica sang on the chorus for the Jermaine Dupri and Nas collaboration, I've Got to Have It, for the Big Mama's House theme song, then on to record the track, Just Another Girl, for the Down to Earth movie soundtrack. In June 2000, Monica mentioned that she would soon be working on her third studio album and the follow-up to The Boy Is Mine, with the hopes of releasing new music by late fall of the same year. The hope was to release the new album in early 2001, along with working on a starring debut role in the MTV film Love Song around the same time. But very sadly, a personal tragedy would strike that would halt production of her work and force her to take a step back from everything in her life. In July 2000, she was involved in a relationship with then-boyfriend Jarvis Knott Weems. Jarvis had a brother that he lost in 1998 and was having issues dealing with that loss. The story goes that he called Monica to meet him at the brother's gravesite. When the two met and before she could do anything, Jarvis pulled out a gun and shot himself in the head right in front of her. Jarvis left behind a daughter that Monica cared for in the interim, but she spent much of that time after his death dealing with depression and anxiety. She took time from work projects to heal, often in the comfort of her family, as well as spiritual guidance from her minister. Monica is noted for saying, quote, Jarvis's death had everything to do with me not working. I was not able. I was working all these hours after it happened, but I realized in the midst of everything, I couldn't handle it. I'm not ashamed to say that I decided to step back and get the help I really needed to come from within, end quote. She is also quoted as saying, Afterward, I felt, what else could I have done? You replay that situation over and over and you switch it around. Maybe if I'd have said this or if I would have done that, she says. It's just something that it's never possible for me to go back and change, end quote. While she found the strength to move on, she admits that she may never get over that experience. It was after this hiatus in 2002 that Monica started working on the TV film Love Song in the role of Camille Livingston. Of her role in Love Song, Wikipedia states, is the role of a young woman torn between the life of her parents and the world she experiences after meeting a musician from the wrong side of the tracks. She also starred in the TV series Felicity and American Dreams, playing the role of Mary Wells singing My Guy. Monica also went back into the studio to record her third studio album, All Eyes On Me. Since much was written in the media about her personal tragedy, she once again felt the need to be very particular about the types of material she wanted to put out there. Now on Clive Davis's J Record, she stated, quote, I just wanted to give the people back something that had personal passion instead of just, oh, let's dance to this record, end quote. The first single was the title track produced by Rodney Jerkins. When I step in the club, so much love. All the girls and buzz, my sis go up, it's their time, baby. If you're looking right and your game is tight, come chill with me. Get up on the floor and dance some more, the night is beginning. Oh, 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 watch it. The song only had moderate success, but did not enter the top 100. I'm not sure if I remember the song, but the video is so early 2000s, it's worth checking out. It also features a sample from Michael Jackson's PYT. 
The next and only single from this album was a song called Too Hood. This one also received only lukewarm response. This one also seems to sample an MJ song, but it also did not perform as well. Monica stated, I don't think people wanted to hear a big fun record from me. After knowing all the things that I had personally experienced, this album would eventually be delayed, but then saw heavy bootlegging from the internet at the time. After the poor performance of the All Eyes On Me album, Monica decided to scrap most of the material created for it and start anew with a different album. In June 2003, she released After the Storm, which Missy Elliott served as executive producer for most of the content. This album, however, went on to debut at number one and sold 168,000 copies its first week, mainly due to the success of the single So Gone. So gone over you, 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 you. Yeah, new Monica. Silly of me, devoted so much time to find you and faithful boy. I nearly lost my mind. Drive past your house every night in an unmarked car. Wonder what she had on me. To make you break my heart Yeah So this album was supposed to be the original All Eyes On Me album, but Monica brought in a new team to work on this and it became a new project completely. She is quoted in Jet Magazine as saying, quote, I wanted this to be more of a testimony. She titled the album to reflect the personal struggles she'd been dealing with over the past several years. She further reflected, quote, I feel blessed to still be here after a lot of things that I've been through. I wanted to share certain things with people. Not so much as what I've been through, but how I made it through. That's what the album reflects. It's really the reason I titled my album After the Storm. Everything about After the Storm was about my life after the hardship. This album came when I felt whole enough to make a record again." End quote. The album then went on to sell over 1 million copies. In October 2006, Monica released her next album, The Makings of Me based on gospel, hip-hop, and quiet storm sounds. Missy Elliott again joined the team of producers that also included Jermaine Dupree, L-Rock, Tank, and Swiss Beats. The album received mostly positive reviews, though some were critical of the single Every Time the Beat Drops, calling it a trend chaser due to its snap-influenced beat. True, this doesn't really sound like the Monica we know and love, but there's nothing wrong with trying something different. So apparently, different titles were considered for this album, including Street Butterfly, Raw, or A Dozen Roses. But the title name came down to inspiration from a Curtis Mayfield song, The Makings of You. In an interview with Billboard, Monica stated, quote, 
this album is really this album is really the makings of me because it talks about so many different scenarios both good and bad that have pretty much brought me to the point where i am mentally end quote she also referenced it as a musical diary other singles from this album included a dozen roses you remind me and sideline ho neither entered the charts monica later expressed disappointment over the album's overall promotional campaign Regardless, the album earned a Soul Train Music Award for Best R&B Soul Album Female. In 2010, Monica began work on her sixth studio album that she titled Still Standing. Her work on this album was chronicled on a reality TV series on BET called Monica Still Standing, which aired between October 2009 and January 2010. The album was called by critics, quote, a return to the mid-90s heyday, end quote, and it was well-received, debuting at number two and selling 540,000 copies this first week. The first single, Everything to Me, became the album's standout single and also contained a sample of Denise Williams's 1981 single, Silly. Boy, if you The sun from the sky I'd probably die without you in my life Cause I need you to shine, shine your light You gave everything to me The vocals were even stronger than ever. The second single, Love All Over Me, produced by Jermaine Dupri and written by Christelle, is one Monica described as about being strictly in love where everything feels right. This became one of her biggest hits in recent years. Must not have been paying attention. I stepped right on in it, didn't even know. The next single was a track called Here I Am, which was written by actress-songwriter Esther Dean, also known from Pitch Perfect fame, and produced by Monica's cousin, Paolo Dedon. But I also want to mention a song off the album that was not released as a single, but I only found while researching on Spotify. It's called Stay or Go, and it was written by Neo. Check it out. This is so I'd say grow up, but I know that you won't. I don't understand what's so hard. Oh, oh. You either wanna be with me or you don't. One day you love me, next day you won't leave. You're so up and down, up in your own. Well, I'm about good and tired of this To fly for you to not know what you want So let me
just love finding gems on albums and I think her voice sounds so sweet and pure. The album Still Standing was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best R&B Album at the 53rd Grammy Awards. In 2012, Monica blessed us with her seventh album, which apparently she began working on directly after the last. She included, again, many of the same producers she had previously worked with, including my girl, Missy Elliott, Jermaine Dupri, and also Brian Michael Cox and Kanan Lamb. The album featured guest artists Wale, Mary J. Blige, Rick Ross, and Brandy, which I did not know. Uh, I did not know she teamed up with Brandy again. Um, this was for a single called It All Belongs to Me. Other singles include Until It's Gone, Anything to Find You, and Without You. The song Without You is a love song that was dedicated to Monica's then-husband Shannon Brown, an NBA ballplayer. Anything to Find You and Until It's Gone did not chart well, but the album as a whole was praised for Monica's strong vocals. It debuted at number two on the Billboard 200 and sold 69,000 copies its first week. In December 2015, Monica released her eighth album, Code Red, which coincided with the 20th anniversary release of her first album, Miss Thang. While working on this album, she expressed her dissatisfaction with current R&B, stating, quote, Right now for R&B music, there's a state of emergency. Myself being one person, one artist, I can't change that on my own. No one is that powerful, but all of us together, I think we can make huge strides, allowing this generation to enjoy what this music embodies, which is a lot of love, passion, and soul, end quote. She further elaborated for online magazine Singer's Room, Code Red is just my way of saying, let's bring attention to the music. I love the music today, but I think it's important to get back to music that touched our hearts. Let's get back to the soul of R&B music. So I'm saying that this is a part of my fight, the continuation of making great music, end quote. Only one single was released for this album, which was the track, Just Right For Me. The album Code Red debuted at number 27, but sold 35,000 copies its first week. Reviews like the last few albums were mixed, but its one single did reach number 12 on the adult R&B songs, though it did not chart elsewhere. Monica went on her first solo concert tour in years, calling it the Code Red Experience. And Monica continues to perform and make music. In December 2018, she released the ballad Be Human for her The Be Human Foundation, a nonprofit she founded. And the same month, she previewed some more music for her upcoming album, Trenches, on the VH1 reality series T.I. and Tiny The Family Hustle. She also released a sleeper hit called Commitment in July 2019 and a single called Me Plus You, which did chart and was her first song to chart in nine years. In 2020, she finally released her single Trenches featuring The Baby. Yeah. 
The single also coincided with her appearance with Brandy on the webcast battle series Versus in August 2020, shot at the Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta. At least 1.2 million people tuned in to see her and Brandy together again. Monica is another can't stop, won't stop type of artist, and I know there's more to come from her. Just recently, I was on YouTube and discovered an ad for a new TV series called Infamy, where fame turns deadly, an eight-part series on VH1 which explores celebrity cases where notoriety and fame turn fatal. It's set to start in June 2021, and as a true crime fan, I will definitely check that out. So what to say about Monica's legacy? Hmm, I could say for me, she will always be a part of the group of solo young female R&B singers that came out of the 90s as the greatest. And she also has the distinction of probably being the youngest to come out at that time and with the hits she did. She has sold over 5.3 million albums in the U.S. and was listed by Billboard as number 24 on the list of top 50 R&B artists of the past 25 years. This was in 2010. She came in at 12 years old singing like she was a mature and grown woman. And her voice is just as strong and versatile as ever. I know Monica will continue to do her thing and be Miss Thing. And I will continue to be here for it. Okay, y'all, that does it for me and this episode. Hit me up on Facebook or Twitter telling me which songs by Monica were your favorites and any other thoughts you'd like to share. Hey, thanks for listening to Word to the Mother. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Until the next episode, we out.